Pelotero Pickle, episode 41. We're doing a deep dive on the 3-0 count. Yerman Mercedes, Tony La Russa, extravaganza. We're talking no-hitters, floors and ceilings, Kevin Pillar getting drilled in the face, and college softball playoffs. Check it out. Pelotero Pickle, episode 41. It is Monday, May 24th. Just a quick reminder, we're doing a mailbag segment starting up soon. So send emails to pickle at pelotero.com. Producer Patrick's going to put that up on the screen. Pickle at pelotero.com. Send in your questions, thoughts, concerns, advice, life lessons, etc. Chris is joining me today. Chris, how are you doing? Critiques would be good too. I'm doing good, Bobby. I'm really proud. I'm just honored that I'm the first person you asked how I was doing today. You didn't ask the mailbag how they were doing. You didn't ask the iced tea next to you how they were doing. It's Topo. We do Topo down in Texas. Uh, yeah, well, anytime we have a guest, they're going to get priority. Yeah, so. actually, so I don't even think you should ask me how I'm doing anymore. I think you should, we should just go. Like, Well, it's like it's part of like the, the banter, the, the back and forth. It's like we haven't talked three, four times already today. Um, but that's all right. That's it's, We got to put on a show for the people. Uh, the yeah that's what i got there all right well, had a quick, let's do our quick hair check look at we got the bun i could bun right now i'm sure joey is gonna make comments todd's gonna make comments i mean my i could bun i could bun it I am bun. it's I long am. and it's still wet so that's our hair check for the day very important for the people let it gotta let it flow now i got hair in my eyes um let's jump right into the topics we had a uh Speaking of having things in your eyes, allergies are terrible in New England right now. Don't go outside. Is it as bad as cedar season? Because <laughs> I was pretty jacked up for a couple weeks there. I was outside yesterday. I couldn't keep my eyes open. It was bad because it was windy. And then I went on uh, allergy.com or pollen.com is the website. And it told me that, and it was a page powered by Claritin, which is funny. <laughs> and so, so Claritin, they, there was a marketing meeting at one point. They're like, let's get pollen.com. We'll get everybody. Their advice to me was, <laughs> their, their advice to me was, um, make sure after you've been outside that you take a shower. Uh, okay. their advice to me was number two, stay indoors and have your HVAC system slash air conditioning working. And their third piece of advice was don't rub your eyes. That's the worst when you get, you get a, a pollen induced eye rub. And then your eyes are just bugging out. Jacked up. Yeah. Just red, just itchy. Not, it's not fun. Anyway. Now uh, speaking of not fun, Tony La Russa exists as a human in the baseball world. Uh, so Yerman, our guy, the Yermanator, Mercedes, Mercedes, 3-0 homer off of a position player. What do we call him? Tortuga? Tortuga. Tortuga. Uh, I thought the act, the actual moment was hilarious. I think those guys have a history. They know each other. So there was, there was that element to the whole thing, but it turned into a, just, just a train wreck on Twitter and the baseball world in general, where a couple things happened. Number one, is it okay to swing three Oh in a blowout game? Does it matter? Like all rules are out because it is a position player on the mound. So like, who cares? But then Tony Arusa was, I think, more mad than the twins and didn't have his players back publicly. And then the twins threw at him the next day. It was a mess. CC Sabathia 
had a very aggressive, uh, just F-bomb laden <laughs> response, which was hilarious. He doesn't like Tony LaRusso being a manager in big leagues. That's my takeaway. And then uh, Brian Kenny had a more strategic take on it, which I, I, I appreciate both sides of it, where he was talking about how the, uh, the use of bullpen was they're, the twins were playing the long game and that they're not going to burn an arm in a blog game that they essentially conceded the game. So like, don't be upset. Like, it's, it's like, if you play travel ball and you're getting blown out, you're not gonna throw your best pitcher out there. You just got to wear it. So uh, curious on your thoughts on the whole situation. I'm sure you have strong opinions. I'm out on swinging three Oh, I don't like the three Oh swing three ones. Fair play two O's fair play. I still don't like the three Oh swing regardless of concession or who's on the mound, but uh, I'll let you, I'll let you share your thoughts. Yeah. Just don't swing on three other. I mean, it's just what it is. Listen, I've said, I said this about the Tatis one. The only thing that matters is that there's a chance that the pitcher on the other side or the team on the other side is going to be mad. Cause at the end of the day, three Oh, three, one, two Oh, two, one. Like it doesn't matter. What matters is how the person on the other side of the field could perceive it. It doesn't matter what Johnny and Iowa thinks. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks except the fact that the dude that threw the pitch and the 25 other guys in the dugout might hate it. If you have a shadow of a doubt in your head, you don't do it because it will inevitably lead to the potential of something bad happening. Whether I like the fact that he swung on 3-0 or not is irrelevant. What matters is it was clear that Astudio was pretty – upset with him he stared him down as he was running around the bases not to mention did you think that was an authentic anger or was that part of like the, no, the was, banter between them it was like dude 3-0 really like it was annoying right. and that's why the twins threw at him they threw at him because they took offense to it so that's what matters at the end of the day like the guy's opinion in in wyoming like nobody cares what you think johnny like dude just stop like and i get it this is the world we live in it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> it's our rest it's our rest to get you every time but the issue at hand is like people can have their opinions and it's fine like well you can tell me whatever you think is fine and i'll whatever i, I i'm not going to tell you it's right or wrong because there's no there's no rule that says don't swing on 3-0 now if you like the potential of maybe getting drilled or getting your teammate drilled then go ahead do it like obviously mercedes didn't think it was an issue right if he thought it was an issue he wouldn't have done it now is it cool that he hit a homer Add it onto his stats, great, like whatever. And that's fine. There's a lot of people making the business argument of it where, oh, this is a professional. He's, you tell me he's not supposed to do his job. And it has nothing to do with that. It literally has nothing to do with that. It's just like in those moments, you're just, you're, you're playing baseball, you're competing. If you're mean at any point in time, had thought to himself, like, I probably shouldn't swing here, he wouldn't have swung. But it, that never crossed his mind, I'm guessing, the same way it never crossed Tatis's mind to, to swing on 3-0 at the time. As a player, like, you go through experiences in the game. Like, if he got dotted the next day and got drilled in the wrist and broke his wrist, like, sorry, you shouldn't have been standing there, you know? Like, so it's, it's more about the consequences and the effects that it has on the person on the other side of the field. And let's not forget that the entire social media world, the guys that are talking about it, CC Zabathia has the right to talk about it, right? Because he's been on the other side. Like, You've never been on the other side of giving up a 3-0 homer in a 14-run game. Like, you probably have – you're not allowed to have an opinion because you don't know what it feels like to be standing on that mound. That's just my – that's just my two cents. Like, at the end of the day, like, 
the game's turned into a circus anyway. Just do whatever you want. Like it, it's literally just turning into do whatever you want. I'm out on swinging 3-0. I would have never done it personally. If one of my teammates had done it, I would have had a problem with it because he would have put us all in jeopardy of getting dotted. That's just the way I feel. Yeah, it's. I think the bigger issue that this tapped into was like the whole bat, bat flip issue and just state of the game. I think that's the bigger element that's at play with this whole thing. Um, I was thinking about it because I, I saw that the Trevor Bauer coming off the mound against the Giants. He's doing the whole can't hear you. And then he's doing the so yeah, the big sword action. Like, at what point are you just being rude to coworkers? Like, is that is there an element of that? Like, if like Trevor Bauer's very good at baseball. Is he doing that to the kid that just got called up and like he's like starting his new job? And like I, th- there's a line that's getting crossed that I'm I don't like. Is that just I'm old now? Everybody should bat flip. It's all about having fun. Like to me, baseball is not about just having fun. You're competing. You're trying to win. You're, there's there is etiquette. I feel that's getting thrown out the window right now. Um, it's just there's lines getting crossed that does to me watching the game doesn't doesn't feel right. Uh, it just it's just weird. I actually I went back on YouTube. You could, there's a lot of old baseball games on YouTube. I was watching the '96 World Series Braves versus Yankees. Uh, game six and just like watching the game just to see what what happened and uh i forget who was playing second base for the yankees he moved the runner over with uh with no like runner on second moved him over to third and the the crowd went crazy the yankee stadium fans erupted because the guy moved the runner over and now i feel like people would boo like oh you sacrificed your bat like you're not maximizing your run potential in that situation and it's just the game has changed quite a bit um, and the situation just like stirred that up. It's like, <laughs> shake the bottle. It's going to like pressure builds up and then the, the, the top blows off. If people, people used to throw at people all the time, happened mm-hmm. once a week in the big leagues, maybe twice a week, even more. You took guys out of second base. You ran guys over at home plate. Like brawls happened all the time. Like those things are all gone now. Right. So the, the, the system of checks and balances that existed from, from like a politically correctness standpoint, sure. You don't want guys to get hurt at second. You don't want guys to get hurt at, at home plate. You don't want brawls to happen because you know, the optics of it are, are bad when the reality of it is those things were all enter- entertaining to the fans, but now, you know, the argument's been put into place that, you know, you know, they're dangerous or they're this or they're that. And, that, and that's fine. But like, again, you've taken away the system of checks and balances that baseball had for itself. And now it's allowing, now it's becoming, it's everybody's just trying to one-up each other now, right? Like the bat flips are just one-ups. Bauer's one-upping himself. himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this, the sword, did you see when he did the sword on Dickerson? So he threw an 0-2 pitch to Longoria that was like paint. I mean, a paint, right? And he wa- he started doing his McGregor swag and the umpire called it a ball. And he had to walk back and it was like, rah, rah, rah. and then the next inning he fielded a little comebacker and, you know, threw it to Brazil and gave up a run and Johnny Miller and whoever was doing the game for the Giants was like, Oh, he tried to show time. He didn't really try to show time to play, but you've now earned that. Like everybody's rooting for you to throw it into the third row. Now I'll give Trevor a ton of credit because he puts a huge target on his back and then he comes with it. You oh, know? He's, he's very good pitcher. Very when good pitcher. I drive to right field and get thrown out at first base though. Probably going to wear it for that too. So like, again, Everything is just getting like it's one up, it's one up, it's one up, and the, the game can't check itself. So now 
literally what for a hundred years was deemed as a disrespectful act towards your opponent. Like no, nobody thinks it's disrespectful anymore. Like, okay. Where, is- where do you think the age cutoff is? Like anybody over the age of 27, 28 right now? I feel like, I feel like the younger generation just doesn't, they don't care at all. Anybody that's in college right now, I don't think they have any like feel for what we're talking about right now. Yeah, complete disregard for like what it would feel like to be on the other side of it. And that's fine. If you're going to tell me that. You- because, so like, that's the, so the thing about like you're showing up your coworker type situation, like if Bauer wasn't shoving, he wouldn't be doing this. So in some ways he's on the right to do it. But it, on the other side, like, is there like a humble nature to being successful, to being good? Like at what point is success fragile? And you got to be careful. And like, I think Bauer's just full, like playing the heel right now. He's, he's leaning into it. It's a marketing tactic as much as anything else and grow the game and make baseball fun again. And it's a strategy. It's tactical. I, I don't get entertained by bat flips. You know, what's scary is I watch some of them and like, it's got, it's just like, if I don't like, I don't know. I just don't care when guys hit the, homer in the fifth inning of game 60 like plenty of guys have hit a homer in, in game 60 in the fifth inning when it was six to one so it doesn't matter like you, they're trying to they're trying to add value to the homer at this point they're trying to add cachet to it so people watch it and people want to tell me it's more entertaining and I, I just don't there's not a lot of entertainment in that to me I'm I'm a strategic person I played the game my whole life so watching a bat flip doesn't really do it for me like now in a big moment the bat flip's awesome uh the, the passion that you show is awesome Mercedes Mercedes was about to showtime the homer against Asadio, and then he realized like I probably shouldn't do this. Like, did you see it? Because he was like trying to go slow, yeah. and then he's like, well, realized, realized like, eh, I probably shouldn't do that right now. So, so we're we're we've already flirted with that line. It, we've gone past it. I think you're you're losing a lot of older people in the game, and young people can keep telling me, oh, you guys are older, whatever. Like, okay, great, like do whatever you want. I just, I don't. I mean, I, it doesn't matter to me anymore. Like, I'm. I don't, I don't want to have an opinion. I don't care to have an opinion. Unfortunately, we have a show where I have to give my opinion. I've made it very clear that it's disrespectful to people and that there are a lot of people that feel the same way as I do. If you're, if you're going to disrespect a huge section of people that are part of the game, then it's disrespectful. Like that's, that's it. Right. Like to your point, like we're, we're getting to a place where people want to give me their reasoning for why it's not why it's not disrespectful. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what you say. There are a bunch of people that think it is. So you probably should pump the brakes. Now back yeah. to Lusa, shouldn't call out your own guy. Now, if yeah, so I, wanted, I wanted to ask you that next as a, as a former player in the clubhouse, in the public guy, thoughts on Larusa taking the position he took. He took it too far, right? In the sense that he was making a point. And the first thing he said, like, Hey, he, he, he knew he shouldn't have done it. And he learned from it. Like, I actually appreciated when uh, there was a situation where Butch Hobson uh, made a comment about me to a newspaper about trying to take an extra base. So I tried to take second base on a ball that got bobbled or whatever. And Butch said, he's going to learn from it. He'll never do it again. And him and I never had to have a conversation about it because he knew that I messed it up. So if you say that, like kind of, it was kind of the same thing as Tatis when, um, when it happened with him, did the press conference. Hey, he knew he shouldn't have done it. He learned from it. Like, but now, like, if you go to the next step and the next step and the next step, the problem is people are going to ask LaRusa about it. And LaRusa, he has no reason not to continue on and talk about it. So, I mean, I, I would I would have just used chosen my words a little bit more carefully. Now, at the same time, like, I have a ton of respect for Tony LaRusa La and what he's accomplished in the game. 
like him, hate him, whatever it is. I don't really know him. I never met him. Like he's obviously done a lot for baseball. did a lot for baseball in the eighties and nineties. And now people are saying, Oh, well he had the A's teams and the Cardinals teams like, like, okay, well, Bill Belichick had Tom Brady. So like, let, like, let's just say like at what, like at what point, like there's a figurehead in the game, a person that's established themselves for a long time. Like you can have a reason for all those guys and why they had success. Right. He's obviously earned the right to be a manager in the big leagues again because he had success. People can say the game's changed. He's too old, whatever. The White Sox are, you know, basically 30 and 20, 27 and 19 or after the series they're you know, they're going to win the division going away. They're a favorite to win the central. So people that are trying to say that Tony La Russa is ripping that team apart. They don't know what's going on in the clubhouse. They have no idea. Well, so the, Interesting thing about that, when uh, when they threw up Mercedes the next night, did you see uh, Tim? What's his name? The shortstop. What's Tim Anderson? Yeah, he had. If you if you're a lip reader, you could see some stuff there. And then he's going on Twitter and Insta, or he's going on Instagram, like showing support for Mercedes and Mercedes. They were going back and forth. I feel like there's that's a talented team. Like you said, they're going to win. The, the La Russa hiring, I thought, was very interesting at the time based on the roster makeup. But it might work because of that. Like, he's an old dude, but he's got a different edge to him that he might bring out the best of the players against him. You know, like the I'll dynamic be, there, they're going to win in spite of him and, and sure, that'll sure. light a fire with them. Like, as long as the players don't, if the players quit on him, he's got to be out. If they just straight up quit on him and say, well, like, we're not going to play for you. Right. That's the risk that he, you know... If you're if you cross that line, I don't think you can come back from it. Well, but by the way, people are really good. People are talking crap about Larusa and the Mercedes situation, but nobody's talking about the words that he had to say about Jose Abreu after he scored on the pass ball or wild pitch that ended up six feet away from home plate. And he talked about how Jose Abreu was the model that everybody should follow as a baseball player. Uh, talked about how much he respected him as a player and how he plays the game and competes. And Jose Abreu until like last week was hitting about one seventy. And, you know, he's riding – like, not that you're going to take him out of the lineup, but, like, he's had nothing but great words to say about Jose Abreu. And, you know, we talk about most underrated players in the game, Jose Ramirez, Jose Abreu, like, guys that aren't really, like, super flashy dudes, but just keep coming with it. Like, that's why they're underrated or, or unappreciated. Buster Posey was one we brought up last week, too. Like, they're not guys with glitz and glam and, and, and that are throwing bats up in the air and, and wearing flair and all this stuff. So, like – I think we've like we've lost a little bit of sight of like what actually matters in the game. It's being good. Um, and again, to your point, the humility thing has to come in at some point where, you know, I think Trevor Bauer's taken on the persona of like, I'm going to go full heel for the good of baseball and for the good of my own brand, even though I probably am not like this. Cause you talk to most guys that actually know Bauer and they're like, it's pretty down to earth dude. Like, oh, he's, he's going, he's full Coliseum. He's the gladiator in the, in the center, putting on a show right now. And that's and but that's why he's also coming out and saying he has no problem if pitchers if hitters disrespect him when he does stuff because he wants to see it he wants to help brand the game a little bit differently because he thinks the game needs it is he right I don't know maybe like I I don't I don't know yeah it's I think the game has to evolve to a degree that's going to advance the the data and the metric stuff and numbers has affected the game. And like we talk about the strike zone box, 
if you consistently put that box up and there's consistently bad calls, it's a bad user experience. It's a bad, like it stinks to watch a game and see bad calls happen all the time. Watching uh, college softball last night, you know, they don't have instant replay and there's just dozens of plays where they're like, oh, they got that call wrong and they just don't do anything about it. So now it feels weird when they don't fix calls. So it's just, it's a weird, the game's in a weird place right now. Um, like, is it, does Trevor Bauer get to pick how the game's supposed to be played moving forward? Is it like, is that what's happening? Is that what the young players really want or is it what they're kind of being shown? Like at what point is it the coach's responsibility to teach the game and teach etiquette and teach all that kind of stuff? It's just, I think we're like on the other side of it now age-wise. So it's, it's weird. You, you're, you're young and then you're not young. So we, we made that transition and it, it's, it feels weird. I was like, literally I was in the shower and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm 37. This happened overnight. I was like last week I was 28. And now I'm like, man, old. And I, I don't, you know, look at the, like when, when push comes to shove, like the game itself, it's, it's, it's the greatest game in the world. It, it, it it makes you think and test you in ways that no other sport can. That was the appeal of the game to me for the longest time. It was, it was about just winning battles that I was supposed to lose. It was about being told no and, and figuring out a way to say yes, like losing the battle, winning the war type stuff, uh, strategic components, uh, mental engagement, ability to deal with failure, uh, hitting a homer is like the ultimate, you know, achievement in sports to me because everything says that you're not supposed to do this. And like, like those were the things that, that, that made the joys of baseball, the true, true joys, right? Like, because you had to experience all that bad stuff to be able to get to the good stuff. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like those were the things that made me appreciate the game. And maybe I just need to, I don't know. I don't know if baseball needs to change or I need to pick a new sport. Like, cause you know, the problem is if you call it baseball, my interpretation of it is going to be what it was forever. And now it's, it's just, a, it's, it's changing too much where it, and it's like with anything else, somebody that has a preconceived notion that grows up, experience something a certain way, they're going to go, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't the same thing. Like people keep talking about the game evolving. And I'm like, that's fine. The game should evolve and it should, you know, move to, you know, new trends and, and, and things moving in the right direction. You've now removed the system of checks and balances that was within the game that allowed people to act a certain way. Um, and because of that, it's, it's creating a lot of tension. Uh, baseball probably likes it because it allowed like MLB probably likes it because it allows it to be talked about. We're talking about the umpires right now. Uh, the only person that hates it is the umpires because the umpires are the ones getting, you know, catching the, the raw end of the stick. Now you could say, Oh, well, you know, they get to keep their jobs. But like, if you were a dude that was doing it, like if you were Angel Hernandez, bad example, but uh, Chris Cuccioni or whoever, and you're doing a game and all you ever hear is, hey, you're so terrible because you missed 12 calls tonight. Well, how about the other 196 that I got right, dude? Like, are we just going to throw those out the window? Um, th all these things that we're talking about are tough to do. Like being successful at baseball is tough to do. Being a good umpire is tough to do. I agree with you wholeheartedly. If you present the paradigm to the public, it's just going to create, you know, dissension. Um, I, I can't tell you since we did the, the episode with Mike, how many calls I've seen go in hitters favor that were in the box. And I wanted to like start checking them off. Like how many, like how many strikes got called balls. And, and again, I can't even call them strikes because the rule says the umpire has to go like this to call it a strike. 
There actually isn't a box. It's not a real thing. We're at umpire's discretion. We have guests, like we're guessing. There's we're guessing there's a line here. I think I think your uh, your appeal rule is the way to go. Straight up. I and the pitcher should be able to do the appeal too. Like, no, I want like send it up to the box. Tell me yes or no. Um, it's it's either gotta be like take the strike zone box away or implement automatic the automated strike zone. It's just it's terrible. Um switching gears a little bit on the Yearman thing. More impressive to hit a homer off 98 or 47 miles per hour for a, for a major league hitter. How hard is it to hit 47 as a big leaguer after seeing 95 plus all the time? It depends on how you're feeling. If you're feeling nice in the box, if you're like raking, like your means banging, right? Hitting 360, whatever, cooled off a little bit. But if you're banging and you're not worried cooled about- off the 360. He went down, but then he sustained 360. But if What's you're- I'm gonna look it up, who's that? If you're raking, if you're feeling nice, like LeMahieu hit a homer on an EFIS last year and he was hitting like 340 when he hit it. Like if you're feeling good, 48 is like cake, no problem. If you're hitting 230 and you go up against the pitcher, like the only th- – against a position player, the only thing you're thinking about is, man, I'm going to look like a real, you know, whatever if I, if I make it out here. So there's a huge psychological part. Hitting 47 will always be easier than hitting 98. It's just circumstantial. You got to pick which which guy's coming up to bat, the dude that's feeling good or the dude that's not. The dude that's not is only thinking about what's it going to look like if I roll over to shortstop or punch out right here. Yeah, for I mean, 47 from a 60-foot mound is – that's slow. But if you get on time with it, it's not hard. It's just – there's a there's a video of uh, Miguel Cabrera hitting a pitch out a while ago, and he was just, like, chilling there, like, I'm just going to take the pitch. Then the guy threw it, and it was too close to the plate, so he like did his whole swing while the ball was on, and it was just really cool to see the the rhythm that he created on it. And I always think about that swing, that the timing of it. It's like it's the ball needs to get to its the ball needs to kind of get to its apex before you figure out what you're doing. Yeah, if you start too soon, if it's it's like if you if you start swinging before the ball's released, if you start moving forward, there's nothing to time. You need the ball to start coming down, so then you're like, okay, now I can swing. It's it's just it's just timing at that point. Got to sync it up. Not hard to hit 47. Uh, no hitters. We got no hitters. Like Oprah's giving away to Oprah, uh, no hitters right now. Like everybody's getting no hitters. Um, I had a take. I did a, a little little presentation on Twitter. Loved with, it. Right, by with the way. whiteboard. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I had people yell at me because it was too short and too narrow. And I had people that said they liked it. It was pretty well received. Um, and it was just like a quick, it was intended to be a quick look at stuff. Your position was more like, do you, do you feel that the, the hitters floor has gone down? I agree with everything you said wholeheartedly in your floor and ceiling presentation, whether the floor is lowering for the hitter or it's staying static is irrelevant. Like the, the, the we're, we're semantics, if we're talking about, oh, the pitcher's floor has gone up and, and the like whether the pitcher's floor has gone up and the hitters has gone down or the hitters has gone down, the pitchers have stayed the same or like what it doesn't matter. What's happening is there's there's a divide, right? There's a sep- there's separation. There's a gap. The way you combat pitching is by adjusting like that, that'll always be the case in baseball. Like you have to adjust to what pitchers are doing. If you don't. You are out, period. The reason they're making more outs is because nobody is adjusting. If you go back and watch uh, 
I watched for all the no hitters. I've watched all the outs of the game, and there were multiple situations that I looked in the field, and there was a wide open side of the field, and nobody hit through the shift. Like nobody even tried. Like you know, three guys on the pull side. It's four to nothing in the fifth inning. You know, we got to get something going. Fly ball to the pull side. Fly ball to the middle of the field. Like in those moments hitters are making a choice they're making a conscious choice in a four nothing game with nobody on and one out and like or nobody out to try to hit a bomb or to try to hit a double or to try to do damage instead of like let me play pepper with the third baseman or where the third baseman would be if i was a left-handed hitter so is the floor ceiling argument like people are choosing not to get as many hits as they could because they're thinking about doing damage and therefore hitters are not opting into starting rallies, doing the things that they need to do to combat guys that are dealing because when a guy's dealing, you're out more often than not. Like you have to shift the way you go about it in those situations. If you don't, this will keep happening. You know what I'm saying? Like when guys are, are, are throwing it where they want to and when guys you know, or like little, everybody that's throwing a no-hitter seems like they're like an off-balance guy. Just Rodon and uh, Turnbull, the only ones that really throw hard. Um, but like everybody else is just like a crafty dude, right? Like he's trying to hit corners, like Kluber slider. He's trying to backdoor sliders and run the sinker back onto the plate. Like hitters are not combating what pitchers are doing to them because they don't think it's important. My take on it is hitters are too accepting of making outs, period. That's it. Like they're too accepting of, okay, it's cool if I hit 220. I just don't think it is. Yeah. I'm trying to find a uh, stance doctor down in uh, St. Pete had, had posted something on Twitter about how like for all the no hitters, there were like 12 or something. I forget the number, but there was a, a significant number of batted balls that statistically were hits like 90% of the time that were taken away from the shift by the shift. Um, so it's like, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's when, and this, I think is the, the whole argument that the people that scream launch angle swing, which is not a real thing, but this is what they're talking about. It's guys that are like the two strike approach for a, for a lot of players is just gone. Like Joey Gallo is not being told shorten up and put the ball in play with two strikes. He's being told do damage. We'd rather you strike out two or three outcome just we want you to try to score a run with one swing instead of slapping a ball left side. The crazy thing to me is that the swing that slaps the ball to the left side where he's got to let it get deep and he's got to like feel it is the thing that's going to get him hot. Like that when they used to do that to Jackie Bradley, as soon as Jackie Bradley Jr. hit a line drive to at the shortstop and nobody was standing there, the next week he'd be locked in. Yeah. So like when we talked to Dante Bichette about take your hit the other way. Like, take your hit. You're going to feel better when you go to the field the next day. The, the, the priority of what metrics matter and, like, the emphasis on on-base on percentage and, and OPS, where it's like, yeah, we want you to do damage. There's no damage on the ground. There's, like, it's like yeah, but you got to do the things. Like, you sometimes you need to sacrifice a couple at-bats, like, sacrifice a day to earn a week of being good. And there's – it's just, like, that doesn't happen now. It's, like, just, just – play to your strength. Like the whole Mike Trout, when Joey was like, oh, he didn't swing at the pitch up in the zone. It's not his strength. It's like, yeah, but the strike three ends the game and you got to fight it off. It's just like you said, there's just a lack of adjustment and just 
Like there's free hits out there. The, 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 everything that you're talking about right now goes directly in line with how I learned how to hit the swing that gets you to the place to be, this is why the swing that gets you to the place where you feel good is the one that hits the ground ball to second base. That's the swing that gets you locked in to hit the pull side Homer. So it's not mutually exclusive. Like the people that are saying, Oh, the launch angle swing, like that, like, I need to hit a line drive to second base to get myself to hit a pull side homer. If I can't hit the line drive to second base, the when I go to try to take the pull side homer swing, I'm rolling over to third base. So the guys that are keep trying to take the roll, the pull side homer swing when they're a little bit off time or their body's not working right or you know they feel a little slow, they're out for like a week, dude. Like they're two for fifty, and and that's why like they're going through longer stretches where they're not hitting well or getting on base or getting hits or doing damage because like you're, you're running a marathon in baseball. And now like the argument that oh, like, Oh, guys are just damaged guys or they're contact guys. Like dude, the guy that represented like the greatest hitter on the planet to me was like pools Cabrera, like guys that were 300, 330 with 30 to 40 bombs. There was never a time that I looked at, oh, like Richie Sexton was uh, yesterday's Joey Gallo, right? Like, you know, 230 with 40 or 50, like 220 with 50. Um, and then there were guys that hit, you know, like I loved Wade Boggs and Tony Wynn, but they didn't, they, like, I was like, the reason why I didn't, like, try to follow suit was because they didn't hit the ball at the ballpark. Could they have? Probably. Um, I just have a problem with the fact that it's either one or the other. When I think the, the best – if this is why I think hitters are, I say, I, I don't necessarily think they're getting worse. Like I, I think they're trending upward in terms of their physical skills, but they're choosing to take a certain road as players. And like the ability to hit the ball the other way, the ability to get through baseballs consistently, the ability to make adjustments based on, on the, on the situation will make all these guys better. And people that want to tell me that, Oh, it's not that easy. Well, talk about 0.1 percenters like point one percenters. Like you can tell me though, like they can't make changes. They can't make a decision to have a different approach. Like at what point, at what point as a player, do you cross that line? At what point do you go like, I'm tired of this. I'm not doing this anymore. Cause what happens is if not, the game will just throw you out. Like it'll just say, see you later. You know, baseball will say you're gone. Now the issue I have is not a lot of guys are getting told see you later after they hit a buck 90 in their first year or two, because you know, they find other value in him and they say he's worth a point of war and like, oh, we got to pay him. Like, wait, what? Like, what are we talking about? You know, I, I don't understand. So I, I uh, you know, I, I've been engaging on social media a little bit more. I just, I, I want. I don't seem so reluctant to do that, by the way. You I, literally I, said I'm being told for the brand. No, that was fun. <laughs> I almost that was commented fun. on that. Like, at least pretend to like it. Like, that was on. funny. I thought that was meant to be funny. Like for the brand is a funny hashtag. Uh, hashtag Pat McAfee. Nice job for the brand. He does it for punters and kickers and special team stuff. It's pretty funny. That was a funny tweet. No, you know what? Producer Patrick always tries to, he just tries to like stir me up because he'll always like things that are against me. Like he just to like things that are in my opposition. I don't know if he's, if he's actively trying to get me wrong. I think he is. I would, I would guess. Yes. Trying to stoke the fire. Some people make good points. I like their points. I don't. I don't do it to stir you up. I just. I disagree with you about something. So when people make good points, I, I support it. 
less. That's fair. That's that's a fair strategy. Um, I did do the, I also posted on Twitter, I took screenshots of the, the batting average leaders for the last 20 years, since like 2000. And the best hitters are still hitting. I, I, I That was a, a concept I took from you. So hat tip to you. Uh, the best guys are still hitting. The best guys are still hitting. Like, are they superhuman or are they just good hitters? And then good hitters just hit and that's what they do. Like they, they're still hitting. The best guys still hit. Yeah. So let's try to be more like the best hitters. What are the we best? Started, uh, we started ABCA when we presented for hit tracks. We started with the scene from Moneyball. If he's a good hitter, why isn't he good? Like the conversation about what it means to be a good hitter has to change. It's not about swinging hard and maximizing your bat speed and your connection score. It's about getting hits and being productive. It's way easier for people to chase metrics in the cage because this goes back to my whole argument about what like what's being taught what kids are trending toward like it is a grind to become a great hitter because you have to deal with so much manure getting thrown at your face like because there's going to be times when you're writhing in pain and you stink and you go one for 20 and you feel like you haven't gotten a hit in a month it's so easy to just go to the cage and hit for two hours. It's so easy to just go to the gym and show up and do a workout that somebody tells you to do. I say so easy relative to like going through the mental strain of getting your teeth kicked in over and over and over again as a hitter. It's easy to work out. Generationally speaking, I'm watching it happen day to day. Hitters work really, really hard physically. They do not work hard mentally because as soon as something gets hard, they go away. Thank you. Clap. Yeah. They, they just go away, dude. Like people bail on things that are hard. I asked a pitcher a couple weeks ago, a high level division one pitcher. I said, how many, how much time do you spend training? Like it's like 25, I said this in the mic show, like 50 hours a week training physical stuff. How much time do you spend training mental stuff? Like, if we don't allow people to get their feelings hurt, like they're never going to know how to get better. So in trying to not like, let's avoid hurting people's feelings. Like let's avoid that altogether. Then people don't know how to respond when they do get their feelings hurt. It's like the same, it's the same paradigm we talk about with school and, you know, development, like youth, like if you don't get, you know, made fun of a little bit when you're a kid or get like, you know, beat up a little bit, like you're not prepared for stuff for real life when you get older that's what's happening to hitters. We're not, we're not holding them to a standard that like is high enough. It's like, Oh yeah, go work on, go work on your exit velocity. That video last night was ridiculous, by the way, like absurd. Yeah. We don't need to get into the specifics of it, but I've been calling it the crossfitification of baseball. It's the, where the, the training and the, the exercising is more important than the game. Like the game is still the game. Practice is not the game, but kids are trying to win practice. And, and people are trying to tell me that offense is up. Offense is not up. Like, offense is not up. I went and looked at the last 50 years of baseball reference statistics. Like, they're not being – they're not more runs being produced because of, like, tr the true outcome game. You know what I did notice? Sacrifice hits over the last 50 years have just gone completely down. Like, sacrifice hits, sacrifice bunts, sacrifice flies, sacrifice – Whatever. Those are the only ones, I guess. But no, sack fly. Is there another sack? The move around from second base. Count as a sacrifice. If a, if a hitter like genuinely is trying to hit the ball to second base, 
to move a runner. I think that should be considered. That's the change that Major League Baseball should implement. What? Sacrifice? Ground ball to second base or fly ball to the outfield to get a runner to third. with Only with nobody out. Should be a sacrifice. Yeah, I don't think it would change that much, though. Like, in terms of – it's almost like a selfish sacrifice because you're still swinging. I used to I used to bunt uh, in college. I would bunt – like, runner on first and second, no outs, bunt for a hit. And my coach loved like my coach loved it. He used to promote, ask me to do it a lot. He's like, take a look. If if you think you can bump for a hit right here, you're going to move the runners. You get a chance to be on base. You stay out of the double play. It's a you great play. You get a knock, and worst case scenario, you get a sack. You're like, oh, sick. I'm o for o instead. Of- selfish sack. I like it. I'm for selfish it. Sacks are fine. Greed is fine. You should want to be greedy. You should want to knock in every run. You should want to get a hit every time. You should want to hit a homer every time. Like greed is fine, but like, like let's not get greedy to the point where it's like, oh, like I like again, it, we're getting no hit. It's eight nothing in the seventh, and we're trying to start a rally. And like, I got the whole left side open, left-handed hitter. I'm just gonna try to hit a bomb. Okay, if you accidentally hit a bomb, cool, good, nice. Like, what what's the point? Are we trying to win the game? And maybe eight nothing's out of reach. Maybe when it's eight nothing, you do try to hit a bomb. Maybe when it's four nothing though, like in, there's a game going on, you're trying to still get back in it. That might be the time not to. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, NCAA softball playoff action. Have you watch any any softball? Dude, I'm a Bama fan, man. I'm all yeah, in. We're, we're friendly Murphy. with uh, with Coach Murphy no. at Alabama, so um, I love. I call it made madness. Apparently, they call it mayhem. I don't know. I'm not like inner circle of college softball, but tell you what, I love this time of year. We got NBA playoffs, hockey playoffs, but I'll watch NCAA softball over those by a mile. The energy that's going on, the uh, it, it's like watching the, the college basketball where there's like every game matters. Every game matters. And there's softballs. It's, it's the same game, but it's different compared to baseball. Um, it's still hitting. The offense is way different. Carlton Salters is the, uh, hitting coach at UTSA. He came up to watch uh, UT versus Oregon last night, and then they got rain delayed. So he came up and we hung out for a bit. We were talking about just the details of the game. Um, a lot of the same stuff with like old guard, new guard with regard with uh, like with who's announcing games, the way that like A-Rod is not getting great reviews. <laughs> like same type of thing is happening in softball where like the game has changed and the, the strike zone in softball is probably the biggest thing that's that's different where they used to they used to give you eight ten inches off the off the corner and now they're not so the offense is going way up. Um, it's just it's it's a fun entertaining product. Um, you watch like Alabama games; they pack that place. Like energy is up. It's really it's a fun it's really fun to watch. I'm full go on college softball. Loved it. Loved it for a long time. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, I have some some young ladies that I know that. Uh, play high level college softball and I, I think their passion's awesome. I, I wish and I'm excited about the athletes unlimited thing and hopefully it turns into an opportunity for them to like pursue professional careers beyond college. Um, it, it's weird probably until I was in my thirties, I didn't really think about the paradigm of what it would be like to be a girl who's very passionate about a sport and, and really to know that, you know, short of playing on an international team, you really didn't have, or, 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 you know, uh, to go to a foreign country to play in a, in a league that really couldn't fund anything or your life. Um, 
you know, you got done with, with college and that was the end of your career. Um, but it's awesome. I love college softball. I'll, I watch all the time. Um, I think hitting is incredibly difficult uh, in that sport. Reaction times are, are low. Um, I, I certainly think hitters are creating more mechanical advantages for themselves and um, it's fun to watch, but you know, it's uh it's a really cool game. It's a really cool game. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma Sooners flat out their team batting average is 420. Their team batting average. They, I think their team OPS is 1300. Like they just absolutely smash softballs and Sis Bates is like Aussie Smith at shortstop. She's got, the quickest hands, quickest transfer, just impressive. Like there's, we were talking about when, when Carlton was here, the whole like defense and how that's changed. And it used to be like your big boppers would be on the corner infield, but now like it's like the dynamic of like the skill level of those players and the athleticism of the players has gotten so much better. And just, you see some impressive stuff. There's more double plays getting turned. There's more like diving plays or just, it just seems like the defensive side, it goes way up. And it's like, I mean, everybody's getting better. Like there's more time in the weight room. We, one thing we were talking about was how uh, like high school softball players are reluctant to get in the, in the weight room. And I was, same thing applies for baseball players. You do not want to show up to college and that'd be the first time you've been in a weight room. Like you do, like if you're thinking about college, college baseball or college softball, you better get in the weight room before you get to school. Cause you're going to get destroyed. Your body's not going to know what hit it. And you're going to be so unprepared for that lifestyle so if you're thinking about getting there and we were talking about bat speed and how a lot of recruits, they want to like, they, they get the metrics, right? So they want to do like a, how do I improve my bat speed? Did they think mechanics are going to fix it? It's like, no, you got to go lift. You got to chuck medicine balls around. You got to get stronger, not just swing more. Cause that's not yeah. going to cut. But yeah. Yes. Got to check those boxes. Um, and now you're frozen. I'm frozen. You're unfrozen. Nice. Uh, our guy, Kevin Pillar, this little, we're getting a post show now, impressively black and blue and just below his face got blown up. Straight. Straight He's, he's one of my favorite big leaguers from just like, from people that I know, I just enjoy him as a, as a human before as a baseball player, but he's tough, dude. You, you talk about him in the pork chop test. Um, the, did you see the meme where he was on the ground for like 36 seconds yeah. getting hit by a fat major league fastball and LeBron pretended to get hit in the eye and was on the ground for 80 seconds? Yeah. I, uh, I finally, I got a hold of Kevin yesterday. We, we were texting back and forth and um, he's unbelievable, man. I, I checked in on him and obviously like there's, there's time like that. Th- those are just weird, weird, like weird moments. Cause he, he knew I went through it, uh, whatever and we were talking about wearing the mask and and all that stuff like he he had to have surgery his was way worse than mine I was telling him how how lucky I was that I, I caught the deflection off my shoulder and then in the helmet and I was I was asking um oh I meant to ask him actually if it went helmet to face but it didn't really matter because it was caught him pretty good he said you know everything went well and now he's just gotta heal up from the surgeries and he's ready to go but he we were talking more about like wearing you know the face piece or I wore that like Zorro mask. Um, he's a warrior, man. Like, I, you know, I give him a ton of credit because I, I mean, I'm the least surprised I've ever been about a guy wanting to, you know, compete right away. Um, you know, I, I was fortunately able to play 
right away the next day. And um, I know, I know him, we have similar personalities. He's definitely tougher than I am in terms of that stuff. And um, not surprised that he wanted to play. And I, I wouldn't have put it past him. Like, he's like, if I could see, I would have played. I told him he would have had <laughs> That's to wear kind my- of important. <laughs> yeah. Like I told him he would have had to wear my mask and that's the truth. Cause like, you don't want to go get hit in the face again the next oh, day. No. But here was my theory when it happened to me. I was like, listen, I've been playing baseball for 35 years. I've never got hit in the face till yesterday. So the chances are in my favor that it's not going to happen back-to-back days. Murphy's law. If it can't happen, it will happen. I know. Um, I know. But he's he's a gladiator, man. Like, he's always been a gladiator. Guy runs through walls. I actually uh, – I watched a bunch of his, like, highlight plays last night because um, it, it came up on, on my YouTube or whatever it was. And I remember that catch he made in Tampa. It might have been the most ridiculous catch he made. He's made two at the wall in Toronto, which the wall in Toronto is obscenely high. And then he made the – but the catch in Toronto during – we were trying to get Burley his 200th inning um, – like full extension Superman dive, like just threw his body around with like such reckless abandon. Um, and, and for a guy that does that, like takes so much pride in being on the field, like played with broken knuckles in 15. Nobody knew about it. Uh, broken knuckles, two broken knuckles just was like playing. And I'm like, dude, you, like, you know how much pain you're in to squeeze a bat with broken knuckles. It's crazy. Yeah. But he's sounds like he's doing well. Did he had surgery already? Yes. Uh, yeah so speedy recovery to him and uh his family and everything I'm, i know they were going through stuff like that's never fun uh last topic we have here hitrex beta it's out there's a little thing in sports techie today um pretty excited about it and anxious to get people using it and get it to that widely released version um building software is hard no, no two ways around that one. It's uh, it's challenging, but we're very excited about the uh, the feedback we've been getting. A lot of interest. So, yeah. Building software is hard when you got me on your squad. That's for sure. I don't know anything about software. I don't know anything about it, but I think we've built something really cool. I mean, I, I, I more than anything, I, I'm excited to, you know, from the beginning, you said to me, you're never done. Right. And I, I always, I always try to look at finish lines to have like a sense of accomplishment, but the more, the more we're getting into this, I think the more excited I am to just continue to grow the platform and, and ultimately just create an experience that allows, and I said this on Twitter that allows players, the opportunity players and coaches, the opportunity to be able to leverage themselves and, and make themselves the best players that and best coaches that they can be. Like that's the only thing I'm interested in my life now. I mean, we, we, we talked about this just before we started recording, we were talking about how a lot of the tech that's out there right now is trying to kind of reinvent the wheel. It's trying to do new stuff. It's trying to like find new ways of defining success. And I think a lot of what we're doing is helping people identify what they're already doing better and to build on that. Like we're not like the new stuff is good. There's value. We always have to be learning and getting better. But I think the thing that the solutions that we're creating are helping people leverage their existing knowledge and and do it faster and do it in a more engaging way versus like, Oh, here's a chart. Look at this chart. It's like, I don't care about a chart. I don't need a report. I need answers. I need solutions. And that's the part I'm most excited about and trying to communicate that is, is challenging, but um, it's like, 
we have to do a better job delivering value to the coach, to the player, to the parent. And I'm, I'm very excited about that. Our, the lens that we're using to attack this, I think, is different than most. Well, I think that's the, that's the important part, right? Ultimately, what it comes down to is the player, right? And how do I – I know that we have valuable information. Certainly, uh, people try to extract it from us, so I'm assuming we have valuable information, right? Like, uh, I know being with you helped me cross, cross into a different – uh, part of my life as a hitter. Um, I, I give full credit to you and, and Rich Gedman for making me the hitter that I became, right? I, I went, I, I, I ran the race, so to say. I ran the race and I got to the big league. Um, now, at the same time, I think I learned a lot along the way about how to go about it. And I listened and I paid attention to what everybody said. And I really tried to extrapolate, you know, what what the things that are important are. And I think when you hit home on on what's important when you really like key in on it and then allow hitters to to understand like look it's not about my understanding of this it's not about how much i how much information i have it's about you ultimately becoming a master of your own knowledge right a master of self uh understanding what you're trying to accomplish and really just providing the opportunity for players to, to explore. Like, it's about self-discovery, man. Like everything's about self-discovery. Like I, I, I was like, I don't consider myself a coach by any stretch of imagination. I don't consider myself a good coach. I don't consider myself anything. I, I call myself like, I, I used the word consigliere on Twitter the other day. Uh, Saw that. Yeah. Like cons- what I, I want you to consult with me about my experiences to potentially give you a roadmap of something to try. But at the end of the day, like I will never take it personal if somebody learns from somebody else. If anything, I'll be happy for them because you have to go down all these paths to, to become your best self at anything. And and I don't think that's different with hitting. So um, yeah, my excitement is we're providing a tool that hopefully allows players to really get to those places. And I think I, I want really the industry at large to stop working against each other and like, let's like, let's stop fighting about what's right. And like, just ultimately try to make hitters better. That's it. Yeah. Yep. And we got, it's, it's fun to have a tool to be able to do that. That's one thing I was trying to explain to somebody the other day about how like there's the bottle, every, every person has like a bottleneck with how much time you have to give to other people. So to be able to build a tool that can help so many other people, is really fun. And from a, from like a business standpoint, going from like the private lesson facility ownership world to this is, is fun to be on that kind of different angle of it. So very good. All right. That's a, that's a wrap for episode 41. Pelletero Pickle. 